Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 242. John and Wendy, welcome back. Jennifer McClure. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. Hard to believe we're at the end of October. Yeah. And this is going to be the last episode that is sponsored by our friends over at Mystery. We've had so much fun with them. They are so awesome. Definitely encourage everyone to check them out. If you've not checked out our episode with Shane Kowalski, who's the CEO and founder of Mystery, I hope you will. That mm-hmm. guy is awesome. And he's just, a, <laughs> he is yes. uh, shot out of a cannon, I think is how I would probably, you know, best describe I, him. I would agree with that. He said he was on his third or fourth cup of coffee in the afternoon. and But no, just this super fun conversation. They're doing some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Wendy, as we told him when we recorded with him, I can't think of any other vendor we've worked with that had T-Pain drop in on an event <laughs> to check out drawings that people were doing. That's bananas. It really is. That's it, it is. It is. And yeah, I'm definitely going to share that with uh, with my company because I'm like, since we're all mostly remote, I'm like that could be a lot of fun for us to, to do as some team building. Definitely check out the, the episode and check out... Uh, and check out the chat recache with yes. them because I learned a lot. It was a great conversation all around. And check out trymystery.com slash HR social. Yes. And if you purchase an event where maybe T-Pain shows up, you get a second event free. Definitely want you to mm-hmm. check that out. So, Wendy, we're going to talk throughout these last few episodes about what's next or maybe what's next for us. Yeah. We want to reiterate that the chat is not going anywhere. It's going to continue on. Right. However, in the spirit of entrepreneurship, you have something you're doing right now that, that I know you were really excited about. Yeah, I got invited to attend um, a co-starters program. Um, so definitely encourage everyone to check that out. But it is an eight-week program where we you spend uh, three hours uh, once a week with other entrepreneurs. And you kind of learn how to be an entrepreneur. You learn how to start a business. And... Um, the finances of it and marketing and talking to your customers. It has been really eye-opening for me. I mean, yes, I have been in business for almost a year now. I just got my notice from the South South Dakota Secretary of State that I got to do paperwork. Yay! And I paid sales tax for the first time too. Yay! I'm official. But just getting a chance to chat with other entrepreneurs, they've brought in folks from the community who are um, also entrepreneurs. I know we have some hot sauce fans out there, so definitely encourage our hot sauce fans to check out Hologi Hot Sauce out of Brookings, South Dakota. Um, They have been on that hot shot show where they're eating wings that are progressively hotter with celebrities and asking them questions. Hot ones. ones. That's it. That's one. Yes. So it it is on the current season, which um, really made me laugh. I got a chance to chat with him a little bit and in talking with the guys from EBC, we're going to go, we're going to go wild with some ice cream here, John. I'm going to have some ice cream made with beer and hot sauce. Wow. Yeah. So they have a Granny Smith, it's a mild hot sauce, um, a little bit on the sweeter side and Eponymous has an apple sour. We're going to go crazy here and uh, try some new stuff. So being a part of this program has really introduced me to more folks within the city within Brookings that are all also entrepreneurs opening up doors that, you know, let's, let's do some crazy stuff. They, other people are open to it, gaining some more opportunities f- to learn. We preach that here in human resources a lot, but this is something completely new for me. 
been a lot of fun. This opportunity to take this class and kind of hone some of those business skills that I did not have. I had no business skills, no business training, and uh, I still want to make just enough money so I can hire an accountant so I don't have to do any of that stuff. Learning and growing. Encourage others. If you're looking at starting a business, check out Co-Starters. Um, I believe it's nationwide um, for cohorts near you. You had me at Granny Smith hot sauce. <laughs> that sounds phenomenal. And I'll have to check them out on Hot Wings. I like that show a lot. Yeah. For those of you who've never watched yeah. it, they eat progressively hotter hot wings. The guy is a tremendous interviewer. <laughs> he does a lot of deep dive research on people and the stuff he finds. It's very entertaining. It is. I watched part of an episode. Uh, I think Neil Patrick Harris is the latest yeah. guest because I wanted to see the halogi hot sauce and uh, and some of that. And so it, it is it is available nationwide and you can get it ordered to you and all of that good stuff. So I'll have to send you some, John. I'm down. <laughs> Can't get ice cream, but we can get hot sauce. That's, we know that much. Hot so- Hey, that's a lot easier to ship than ice cream. That's. <laughs> I am excited for you on this journey and I know it, it's going to continue yeah. and it's going to be all good things. And speaking of entrepreneurs, I think we have a tremendous entrepreneurial guest with us tonight. It's been way yes, too did. long since she since she was with us, but we said when we started looking at this final 10, we we're like, we've got to get Jennifer back. We got to talk about what's been going on because yes. it has been so long. Wendy, let's make the introduction started. She has been on the show. If you don't know Jennifer, you can find her bio in, in many, many, many places. I am just going to say that she is a phenomenal person, podcaster, Twitter user, Twitterer, and uh, unofficial mentor. So Jennifer, welcome back to the show. So excited to have you. First question, what's in your glass? Oh, well, I got to answer that question before I say thanks. Okay. Um, what's in my glass? Raspberry pomegranate. That's my <laughs> drink of joy. Two maximum Diet Cokes a day. And then after that, it's the red juice all day. <laughs> I love it. And now I've, I've realized that here I thought I was being healthy, but that's probably a lot of <laughs> You're trying. I'm trying. You're trying. Here. Trying. Work with you. You're giving it effort. <laughs> but thank you. I, I'm so excited to be uh, one of the the final ten. Uh, that's pretty awesome. We appreciate that, and it's nice to hear. I'm going to keep saying it. It's nice to hear not kombucha for a while because it just. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't be down on kombucha, but I, yeah, I was waiting for you but... to say Diet Coke. I'm, I'm glad you had at least one today at some point. If it's a bad day, I have three, but two. Well, I'm glad it's, it's a, a good day. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're on a good yeah. day. You can, look at the, yeah, you can take a look at the kitchen counter and see what kind of day it is at the end of the day. <laughs> it's definitely a great day for us to be able to talk to you. And it's hard to believe you were last on the show when you did a special South Dakota Sherm episode with Wendy, which was April of 2019. That's crazy. What have you been up to since then? Well, wait a minute. That was like last year. Because the last, two years <laughs> last two years don't count. <laughs> I, mean, I, I continually say, well, last year when I did this, and they're like, that was 2019, Jennifer. Like, oh, I just really slept through the last couple of years. So what's been happening since uh, September, October 2019? Yeah, a lot happened for me and the, the business that I was in, obviously, as a professional speaker and uh, the chief excitement officer of Disrupt HR, which is also events, um, even though that's not you know, a super money-making venture wasn't designed to be. It's still a lot of work. And uh, so March of 2020, when the world changed for everybody, both of my businesses went from hero to zero with literally within two weeks. I canceled an event in India 
the end of February because I was getting a little nervous and I had never canceled on an event. Of course, they ended up having to cancel the conference and they were nice enough to invite me back this year. Then by March, I think March the 7th was my first keynote cancellation. And then within two weeks, the whole year, and I was going a lot of fun places and doing a lot of cool events. And Disrupt HR was set to have, I think on an average year, we were having almost 300 events a year, and we probably would have had four or 500 the way things were going. March, April of 2020 was, we were already, our virtual assistant and myself we were dying trying to keep up with all the activity. And then it was like every day, email, we're postponing, we're canceling, we're postponing. I started tracking them and then I just gave up because sooner or later, obviously everything canceled. So for me, 2020, starting about uh, mid end of March was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? You know, like a lot of people, there was not really a plan for how to, for all the years, Wendy, I'm sure you'll hear this in your cohorts about making sure you have diverse sets of income and uh, you're not replying on one thing. And I always prided myself that I had multiple streams of income, you know, two separate businesses. But what I didn't really think about is that they were all centered around the same type of work. So even writing or, you know, webinars or, uh, working with companies in the HR technology space, in addition to speaking or doing Disrupt HR events, they were all focused on my brand related to being a speaker. I spent some time going, what, what is life actually going <laughs> to look like? <laughs> like a lot of people, but I didn't really know there for a while. I, I saw and heard a lot of uh, you know, entrepreneurs that I respect or people, other speakers who you know, maybe I listened to their podcasts or followed them in some way and a lot of them were getting a second wind and a lot of energy around really focusing in on their purpose and how they serve people and being more helpful than ever. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So thankfully, things do tend to work out, but uh, I won't sugarcoat things and say that much of 2020 was good. On the one hand, my mother had some health challenges within uh, April of 2020, and then it ultimately passed away. December 2020, none of it COVID related, uh, but I was able to spend a month with her in April and a month with her, well, two weeks with her before she died and a couple of weeks afterwards uh, working through some things. So in a way, it was a gift to be able to have that time with family. I think that's one of the things that most people have said coming out of the pandemic is you kind of refocused a little bit and found some positive things that came out of it. So I am glad that you got sure. to spend some time with your mom before she, she went on. And I know how much she meant to you. Yeah. Obviously, our condolences again. So you did have to p- pivot. I almost said panic, but pivot. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did more panicking than pivoting. Actually, I think I, I laid down on the couch and covered up and went, whoa, what is happening? Um, <laughs> I don't know that I pivoted. Um, you know, thankfully, again, the world discovered virtual. And so some of the things that, you know, either I had planned to do in person or new things came up where people were looking to do things virtually. And I'll never forget, I think the first thing I did virtually was I, I, it was scheduled to be a half day in-person workshop. And so I was for sure, you know, I kind of like wrote it off and said, we're not doing this. And about a month before the date, they were like, hey, we're going to do this as a Zoom webinar. And (laughs) I was like, wait, what? We're going to do four hours on Zoom? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) We're excited. I was like, I'm so not excited. A four-hour workshop is we do a lot of work together. And again, this was new and this was an HR group and they didn't trust their attendees to do breakout rooms. 
So that's why they okay. did a Zoom webinar. It wasn't even where I could send people in to go have a discussion. It was a real like dive into the world of virtual presenting. And I always tell people now, especially after you know a couple of years of doing a lot of virtual, people in the beginning, you obviously don't right. want to pay you less or make you do it for free or ask you to do it for free because you're in your <laughs> home office, you know? It's not, and I always tell people, I work 10 times harder for a virtual presentation. I don't think if you've not ever done one, other I mean, everybody's sat in front of their camera and done a Zoom meeting, but if you've tried to keep an audience's attention for 45 minutes or four hours, where literally all you can see is the green dot on your computer and your slides, and maybe if you're lucky, sometimes I don't even get to see the chat. I have to bring 10 times more energy. I think it would be creepy to be that engaging on stage. Maybe it's not my personality, maybe, but uh, it's harder. I literally, after that four-hour workshop, I collapsed in the floor. And I was like, I don't ever want to do another one of these again. I, I can't even imagine four hours, just no breakouts, no, no nothing. It just would be so, yeah, exhausting. Yeah. And I, I personally was Zoomed out within like two weeks. I was like, everybody was doing Zoom something and Zoom happy hours and Zoom uh, chats and Zoom networking and Zoom conferences. And I was like, I'm so sick of Zoom. I actually, I have, a, if people ask for you know, like a meeting or a call or something, I, on my email, I have a reply that says, sure, you can select an option on my calendar, choose your own adventure. You can choose an old school phone call. And I put the link to that or <laughs> a Zoom call. <laughs> And I'm like, great, let's bring back, let's normalize the old school phone call. And probably 90% of people choose Zoom. And I'm like, why? Why, people? We don't need to see each other just to talk. Well, Jennifer, we have returned. Many of us have returned to conferences and being in person and visiting that way. As you're out, as you're speaking, as you're talking to HR professionals, people leaders, what do you think is going to be the big issue for people leaders in 2023? And how are you helping them prepare for that? You know, it's it's probably an answer that everybody about there knows what the answer is. It's it's around talent acquisition uh, and retention. Getting people in in the environment of today, it's not going to get better, and that's what I'm trying to prepare people leaders for. I've said at a couple of the conferences I've spoken at recently. I started as a professional speaker in 2010. For the first probably three to four years of my speaking career, one of my most popular presentations was called Talent Shortages and Skills Gaps. So in 2010, I was sharing a lot of the research from the McKinsey report where the phrase war for talent was coined. Their phrasing around that was, is that by 2020, there would be a war for talent that would be a bloody battle with no clear winner or end. <laughs> now, obviously in 20, I think that report was done in 2000, maybe. When they did the research around that, they obviously didn't predict a global pandemic, but already the demographic factors around the world are is that in the industrialized nations, the population is decreasing. It's increasing in the you know developing countries where the jobs are not. And in the countries like the US or the UK or some of the leading global economies, the fact that the baby boomer generation was a large group and then the Gen X is a smaller group after them. And then we've got the larger cohorts of the Gen Ys, the Zs, et cetera. Those younger groups are not ready. You know, they don't have the skills or the leadership abilities yet to step into a lot of the positions that are going to be vacated by those boomers who are exiting. And there aren't enough Xers to fill in for those positions. So that's an issue that's been looming out there for a while. 
then throw in a global pandemic and a workforce that's completely changed its attitude across all generations to the way they want to approach work or to the way they want to work. And the challenge in the now and into the future is really going to be how do you get people to come and work for your company in a way that they want to work that meets your needs, that have the skills that you need to do the jobs to meet your business objectives. So to do that, it's going to be constant efforts to upskill and reskill the existing workforce. And that's going to be a factor in whether or not you're able to retain them. And it's also going to be looking well back into elementary school. I've, I've joked in the past about even going up to expectant mothers and saying, I'll pay your child's college education if you'll promise me that they'll come to work for us. You know, <laughs> We're going to have to get really creative about creating and developing the people to fill the jobs of the future because they're literally not there today. And so that what we see now with the tough job market, yeah, I mean, at some point, unemployment will go up. You know, it's, it's like the stock market. There are always going to be peaks and valleys. At some point, maybe the employers will be more in the driver's seat in terms of having more choice for talent than they do today, but they're still not going to have the number of bodies that they need to fill the positions that they have. So have I depressed you? I hate to say we've heard that over and over and over, but I, it is our reality. And I think to your point, I mean, I can remember in 2005 hearing about this wave of retirements that were coming. And then it seemed like it apparently got delayed with 2008 and things that went on there. Guess what? That was still 17 years ago. So yeah, I think it's, that wave may have gotten delayed a little bit, but it, it's it's crashed and probably another one's right behind it. Even if they're not retiring, they're quitting to start their own business or to take a second act career or to change careers or to work part time. You know, so there are a lot of choices out there for people in how they work today. And that's why I always try to emphasize it's not, you know, we blame the millennials forever. Well, now the millennials are old. You two are millennials, right? No. So you're old. No. We're not millennials. No. <laughs> We're actors. Yeah. Well, solid. 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 Actors. Right in the center. But. <laughs> The, the millennials have caught up to you. They they've are. got mortgages, they've got kids, they've got car payments. They're, they're like the rest of us. They're like got responsibilities now. So we can't blame the fact that people want to work differently on the younger generation. Sure. I mean, the Gen Zs and the people after them coming in, they grew up with technology. They expect instant answers. They don't want to fill without paper forms. I get all that. But the fact that people want to work differently or remotely or have flexibility or start their own business, that's across all generations now. Wendy's starting her own business as a solid Gen X. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's something too that we've seen. And I've said, you know, when we were Gen Xers, we did what we were told and we were told to wait and, you know, our turn would come. And then millennials and Gen Z came up and they started asking for different things. And we were like, wait a minute, we could, we could have asked for that. We could have done that. Oh, I'm doing it now. Start a business at 50. Yes, please. I will do that. One of the things that I love, you and I have bonded over is uh, Disrupt HR, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. I will bring it back here. It, it will come back eventually. <laughs> what makes you most proud of the Disrupt HR um, movement? And uh, what do you think is in store for 23? You know, like a lot of things in my life, I, I really wish I'd taken a lot of good notes as an HR manager of all the good stories and the wacky and weird things happen. I could have written a great book that everybody would have bought because they would have all said that's happening too, you know? <laughs> Didn't take a lot of notes. And it would have been nice probably if I'd taken more notes of, because when we started Disrupt HR in 2013, I mean, you guys know the story. We, did, we didn't plan on it being anything beyond a Cincinnati event. So we didn't set it up 
to be a business. And then when we did form a partnership about a year and a half in, when we had 14 cities that we were just kind of helping do Disrupt HR events, uh, my business partner and I, what our original purpose was is that ideally an HR practitioner or someone in a community could say, I want to bring Disrupt HR to my town. And we started licensing cities just to try to keep up with everybody. And then we said, well, we're paying out of our own pocket for the website and the video hosting. Let's charge something small so that these practitioners can still afford a $500 annual license fee. And that's still a struggle for some, you know, some of them are like, can I make 10 payments (laughs) of $50? I'm like, we'll work with you. We never anticipated that I'd say today, well over half of the licenses are held by companies or organizations, even up to companies like PricewaterhouseCoopers and, you know, ADP and uh, you know, large organizations and, and everybody's always like, you should charge them more. And I'm like, it's not set up to be a business. Our purpose in starting it was to get people the opportunity to get their ideas heard in a fun format to come together to hopefully meet people, not just in HR. We really suggest the organizers target the broad business community, get speakers from different backgrounds, positions, uh, industries, et cetera. And that's been what I've been most proud of. I think, again, during the pandemic Chris and I, Chris Ostich is my, he gets credit for being the founder because I had the idea. And if we'd left it up to me, I'd still be telling people, I think it'd be a great idea. (laughs) But Chris is an entrepreneur, a startup guy. And when I told him the idea in 2013, he said, let's do this. Let's make it happen. So he will forever be the founder. And we talked, we live in the same city in Cincinnati, but I don't think I've seen Chris in person since probably 2018. (laughs) So, and he started and founded three different companies that are not in the HR space since then. So he kind of like, you know, I check in with him every now and then and say, hey, you got to pay some taxes. That's about all we do is pay taxes on what we bring in. But I did contact him at, in March of 2020 when a few of our license holders were saying, okay, we're not going to be able to hold a live event. We want to do it virtual. And I, again, I was virtualed out personally. So I called Chris because I'm like, is this just me? The reason why we started Disrupt HR was to get voices heard who maybe never want to speak on a conference stage or don't have the evaluations to get through the call for speakers process. And a lot of them are bad when they get up there. To me, part of the beauty of the Disrupt HR event is that somebody's up there, in many cases, terrified, challenging themselves. They get behind the time of the slides. Hopefully they've had a beer or two, so they make it fun. But they get their idea out there. And that will always be what I'm most proud of. I love a good, bad, disrupt HR speaker (laughs) who walks off the stage and says, I did it. And the audience claps for them because they know it was only five minutes. And then a lot of times, again, I've been at events personally and have organized events where somebody wasn't a great speaker, you know, wasn't exactly on the time of the slides and they came off and people are like, man, that was a great idea, though. And I've also seen, you know, whether it's on social media or people who've reached out to me personally, people who have really grown as an as a result of getting up there on that stage. You know, maybe now they are a professional speaker. I've heard from more than one person who has met somebody that they started a business with or they changed a career. You know, so that makes me really proud. And I, you know, unfortunately, haven't captured that so that I could give you a name and an example. But I'm really proud of that. And I'm also I, I used to try to watch all the videos. I still do. As volunteer, all the back end work, all the video uploading, the tagging, the titling and all that stuff. And in the beginning, probably for the first three or four years, I really tried to watch the videos. So there's almost 6,000 Disrupt HR talks out there now. I've probably watched a good 2,500 of them. More than once have been brought to tears. Again, not because the speech itself was especially moving, but because more than once I was like, 
this is a person whose idea would never have gotten heard on a big conference stage. You know, more than one or like a person talking about their experience being transgender in the workplace. Or there's one out there that was popular for a while where it was during the Me Too movement where a person shared their experience and how it was handled wrong in the workplace. And it, it just made me cry because she, you know, she overcame that. And now she's telling people how to address that. And I'm like, that's probably not going to be a topic that's on the stage at SHRM. Now, maybe, you know, we've come a long way and, and SHRM has evolved as well. But I am really proud that that our events, many of them provide an opportunity for people who won't have an opportunity otherwise to get their ideas heard. And they're in those 6,000 talks. And I said it again this morning as I was uploading some videos and looking at the titles going, well, these look like great talks. I hope that we can get to a point in the future where we can do a better job of highlighting some of the great talks that are out there. I tried to for a while. There are some really good talks out there. And I think, you know, more people should see them than do. Like you said, there are some amazing content out there. Speaking of content, we were really excited when you relaunched the Impact Makers podcast. We missed it. And I believe there is a missing episode somewhere where we talked to you way back, yes, you did. <laughs> which is okay because <laughs> it happens. And that's the beauty of this. There was a pandemic, John. <laughs> there you go. The question, though, Jennifer, we had, you know, what led you to bring it back? What did you learn in these last couple of years that maybe you're applying to the show now to know what's coming up? Any exciting guests or topics or anything you've got coming that you're particularly enamored with? Yeah, I think, you know, it's like you guys have evolved over 250 plus episodes and, and maybe why you originally started it versus where you are now. When I started my podcast, I think it was 2018. And I was a big podcast fan. I mean, when I'm driving to the barn to ride my horse or whether I'm cleaning house or washing dishes or even when I get up to go make my lunch for 10 minutes, I'm listening to a podcast. I, I do it all the time and you know, maybe too much. I've always got a podcast going in my ear. And I liked at the time in 2018, especially some of the longer format podcasts, even like a Tim Ferriss show or none of the Joe Rogan stuff. No, thank you. Rich Roll is another one that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of that are in this industry, but he has a great podcast and a lot of them are two and a half, three hours long. And I was like, I just am fascinated by these conversations with fascinating people. And I think I know a lot of fascinating people. So I want to start a podcast where I have conversations with fascinating people and I'll call it Impact Makers. I think that served me for a while, but I think the podcast world, like a lot of things, there are still, I mean, Rich Roll still has a two and a half, three hour podcast. So does Tim Ferriss. I don't listen to all of them, but you know, every now and then I do. I've kind of evolved in the podcasts that I favor are more shorter for one. Often it's a solo episode where they're teaching me something, especially I listen to several about speaking, you know, in the speaking industry. I listen to several about marketing, uh, you know, from a business perspective, entrepreneurship. I like to be taught something. So I restarted the podcast with the goal of that maybe they'd be 25, 35 minutes. I'm still like, I, I get fascinated by people. So I start asking questions. We get in a conversation and I look and it's been 45 minutes and I'm like, oh, we got to round this up. <laughs> But I'm trying to make it more that you can truly take something from the podcast and take it away rather than that you just met somebody interesting. So I've been really pleased with some of the guests that I've had. Recently, I had Dr. Alex Alonzo from Chief Knowledge Officer at SHRM. Uh, Alex and I both serve on something called the Defense Business Board that advises the Deputy and the Secretary of Defense and the Deputy Secretary of Defense on how 
business practices could be implemented within the DOD workforce of over 3 million employees. And so Alex joined us this year in that, and I've found him fascinating now that I've gotten to know him more. So he was a recent guest on the podcast. And, you know, for all of the the Sherm bashing out there that's, that people do, and maybe some of that's deserved, I think there's also a lot of good work being done behind the scenes. And Alex's group is is one of them. The research that Sherm does is is pretty tremendous uh, in the resources that are available to the members. I wanted to share that. So he was a guest. And then another Defense Business Board member who, again, we had interviewed him for a study that we did last quarter, which he did such a good job in the interview, he got put on the board. Uh, Matthew Daniel, who's with Guild Education, really fascinating conversation about upskilling and reskilling and career development journeys and some of the work that Guild is doing with employers like Walmart and Amazon and Chipotle, where they're offering free education to their employees to help them grow their careers and also help with retention. Coming up, which may you know be about the time that this episode comes out, I'm really excited. Um, gentleman named Jeff Harry, who I had been on a panel, a virtual panel with him last year, and then I I was a keynote speaker at the Colorado Sherm conference last week. And I looked up and I actually saw him and I recognized him. He, he wears a Lego bow tie. His company's called Rediscover Play. His purpose in life is to make work suck less by rediscovering play. And so I invited him to join me on the podcast and we had our conversation this week. It'll be coming out soon. And I sent him an email today. I'm like, you really made me think. And that's that's why I restarted my podcast. He gave me and the conversation that we had, and I hope again that people who listen to it will think about, I like to claim that I'm Gen X. Although if you looked at my birth date, most of the Googles will say that I'm a boomer. I just don't <laughs> want to be a boomer for some reason. <laughs> but in some ways I can be a boomer and I am a person who maybe I cross my arms and be like, we don't want to have fun at work. Um, <laughs> So I was like, Jeff, help me out. I have fun at work, especially as an entrepreneur. And uh, I'll give you a, a hint. You have to listen to the episode again. I think he gave a lot of great advice. But the first thing he said was, you need to get bored. And I was like, whoa, I can't remember the last time I officially got bored because I literally don't exist without my device in front of my face. <laughs> You know, I'm one of the one of the people out there are like social media sabbaticals and detoxes and all. I don't need that. I don't have a problem. <laughs> but this device follows me everywhere I go, and if it's not got a podcast playing in my ears, it's being looked at by my eyeballs. And even he was like, Jennifer, you have horses. Do you know how many people wish they had horses? I'm like, I am so lucky to have horses. But even when I'm riding my horse, I'm thinking about all the things I need to do. Or if I'm riding by myself, I'm listening to a podcast. So I'm going to get bored. Thanks to Jeff Harry. So you'll need to listen to the podcast to uh, see whatever advice he gave you about how you can rediscover play at work. That's awesome. Uh, can't wait to listen to that. And I like just wrote myself a note. I'm going to introduce you to a couple of great women that you need to, to know and uh, maybe have on your podcast. They're doing some great stuff. One of them is actually the person who asked our next question. So you need to know Kalia Olakanola, and she asks, what do you hope people get out of this conversation that we are having right now? First of all, I love her. I follow her. I've never met her in person, but I uh, love everything she has to say. And uh, she did a great Disrupt HR talk, by the way. And I have invited her to join me on my podcast. Awesome. So the question was, what, what do I want people to take away from this, this conversation? conversation that we're having right now? 
Just keep swimming, people. <laughs> Whether it's a global pandemic or, uh, you know, life's going to keep hitting us. I, I do say again, I'm, I'm, I actually am trying to inspire HR leaders when I'm up there going, it's going to get worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get excited about stepping up to the challenge, but the reality is the pace of change is just not going to let up. I just don't think anybody that you read, any smart person, any futurist is telling us that there's going to be a period of time in the future where things are going to kind of settle back and we can all go, ah, whether it's pivoting, whether it's uh, normalizing, all the words that I hate that we came up with, normalize, pivot, unprecedented, I could probably think of a dozen more. We're going to be in a state of constant change. So if you're 25 years into your career or if you're two months into your career, it is not, work is not going to look like it did last year, next year. And what is going to be changing? Certainly a lot of it's around technology, but I just think, you know, again, what we've seen over the last two years, nobody really predicted that the whole entire workforce would be like, uh, I quit quietly or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work. I, I talked to so many employers, again, with this Defense Business Board, a lot of what we do is interview private sector employers about best business practices. So I have the great opportunity to talk to, you know, C-level people at, you know, the companies that you all know the names of. And, and they're all struggling with the same things, one of which is the desire for flexibility and remote work throughout the workforce for many jobs where it literally is not available. And so to try to convince people that have to physically put something together that you can't allow them to work from their kitchen. And, and I talked to a lot of small business owners and they're like, we put, it's like in big, bold letters on all our job postings. This is not a remote opportunity. And then you get people in for an interview. And the first question they ask is, can I work from home? (laughs) So I say all that to say, what I want people to take away from this conversation is, is that work is going to be constantly changing, evolving. So the one thing you could focus on, as I said, keep swimming is make sure that you're focused on evolving yourself, you know, whether that's listening to podcasts or if you're a person who likes to read books. LinkedIn Learning has amazing programs. Laurie Rudiman's got some amazing courses out there. I mean, there are so many ways to learn now, often for free. And certainly if you invest, there are plenty of ways to learn on your own time, in your own way, in your own season. You've got to constantly be learning and evolving. So so make that a fun goal. You know, what what's a new skill or something that I can learn that I can do differently? With that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Mystery. Making employees happy at work isn't rocket science. It's data science. Mystery is the startup company that helps people leaders to build connections between their employees. Mystery's newly launched product, Mystery Insights, uses software to paint a comprehensive picture of employee connections across your company. With Insights, you can see how employees are networked and measures change over time. Insights connects with Mystery's marketplace of virtual events that are designed to build connections between teams. Mystery Insights identifies which employees should attend events together and matches them to experiences that they'll love. Mystery has a special offer exclusive for HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast listeners. They're offering two events for the price of one. Head over to trymystery.com slash hrsocial to reserve your first event and get your second one free. That's trymystery.com slash hrsocial to redeem this offer and start building connections. Thanks again to Mystery for sponsoring this episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. 
And we are back. Jennifer, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to be a jockey. I was fascinated with uh, horse racing, never having been to a horse race, but I loved horses. And so that was, you know, every May we, you know, my family went to a trip away with our church group and they had to always have a TV there. So I could watch the derby. <laughs> I wanted, now I'm older and obviously I have horses and thankfully get to ride. And I realize horse racing is not really um, the best of the horse world, but um, that was what I wanted to be when I was a little. Shocked. So shocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I'm going to mention a couple. You were asking podcast guests, Jeff Harry, Jeff Harry, H-A-R-R-Y, rediscoveryourplay.com. And then another podcast guest uh, coming up, Chris Villanueva. And I actually met him at the Sherman Annual Conference. Many of the people that you know, myself included, uh, we showed up at 7.30 a.m. for a session to hear Greg Hawks speak. Greg Hawks is one of the few people that I'll get up at 7.30 a.m. to hear. And he was everything that you would think he would be, all the energy and more. He ran around the room. He got his face in front of the camera for the virtual audience. <laughs> and so Steve Brown and uh, I forget all who was, but the usual suspects, we were all in the front row to cheer Greg on. And the only person sitting in the second row of this 1,000-seat room <laughs> was, was Chris Villanueva. And I felt sorry for him because we were making such a fuss. <laughs> I turned around. He was very quiet. I turned around and introduced myself, uh, invited him to come to my session, 7.30 a.m. the next day, and to Steve Brown's sessions. Um, And he has a resume writing service and, um, you know, invited me to be a guest on his podcast. I actually share our interview on his podcast on my podcast this week. Just really like him. I think, you know, again, a young person who is trying to make the world of work better. So Jeff Harry and Chris Villanueva, and you can listen to both of them on the Impact Makers podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It's a three for one, folks. Jennifer, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Oh, it's the age old, if I did something different, I wouldn't be where I am now. (laughs) I've certainly done a lot of things without really knowing what I'm doing. I think I would advise myself earlier on just to do a little more research. (laughs) (laughs) Ask for help a little more often because while most of it's worked out okay, it's often been painful because it is, you know, you get bumps and bruises when you just dive in and you don't know what's in the pool. And even like starting my own business, I'm glad that you're getting with the cohort for your your new business, Wendy. Uh, And I do tell people that I started my own business and just literally said, I start. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and got no help. I I knew someone who she had a small business doing marketing. I'm like, can you help me make a website? That was it. I got no advice and I could have gone to score. I certainly knew I was an executive recruiter. So I knew plenty of people that if I just asked for their advice, could have been very helpful. Instead, I learned a lot of things the hard way and slow. Jennifer, what's your favorite or the most memorable live performance you've ever attended? I'm going to redirect this question because I don't really remember a favorite live performance. (laughs) Uh, Wait, there's not a Foo Fighters show that you would play? I haven't been. There have been so many concerts. Prince was my, like, I wanted to go see Prince before I died, and then he left first. The Foo Fighters were certainly on that. Now I think probably still have an opportunity to see them. But I have become, and it is so weird, and my friend Laurie Rudiman, she tries to be supportive, but I know she makes fun of me behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love BTS. 
Oh. I am a fan. I am a stan. I spend my evenings watching Run BTS. I pay to watch their concerts because I chickened out and I didn't spend thousands of dollars to go to their conference or their concert in Las Vegas in April of 2022. And then in June of 2022, they announced that they were kind of going to pursue solo projects, although you know, they, they are not breaking up, but I continually say, I wish I had seen BTS in concert and maybe someday I will, but it will cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> I literally was online for two and a half hours oh trying to gosh. get tickets to that event. And by the end, I got competitive. I had said I wouldn't go above floor seats and I was willing to pay good money. And Laurie was going to go with me so she could laugh at me. I waited two and a half hours to get put into the queue and immediately chose two seats. And they said, not available. Oh. And then I chose two more seats and they said, not available. And then I was just like, okay, we're way up here in the rafters. And that's like $700, but I'm going. I did 10 tries for two tickets and they said, not available 10 times. And then they kicked oh. me out. And I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. So, so the best live performance that I have seen is one I never saw. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Lee, my friend who's the VP of something at Marriott Talent Acquisition. She's got an SVP now. Uh, Jessica went at the last minute. So you know what happened there. <laughs> Marriott money got her four seats for BTS. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so when it happens, you'll see it. And I will be screaming in Korean with all the other people. <laughs> And we'll hear you wherever we are. We will hear it. I will speak all the words in Korean and you'll be like, we didn't know Jennifer spoke Korean. I'm like, I don't, but I know all the words. Because I love them. Oh my gosh. Your audience just turned this off. I'm sorry. That is the best story about not attending a concert I think I've ever heard. I'm so heartbroken. Well, Jennifer, um, if you could be on any TV show, Either as a character or yourself, what would it be? I think I'd go with The Amazing Race. I think I'd be good at it. I don't know who would be my partner. I'd probably kill them, whoever they are. But um, (laughs) I'd get competitive. Wasn't it Trish McFarlane that wanted to do that? Yes. Yes. There you go. There you go. Jennifer and Trish. I wonder if Trish and I would be good Amazing Race partners. That'd be interesting. I'd watch it. (laughs) I I, I would watch it. (laughs) You would watch it. We would be live tweeting it just because. CBS, here, yeah. here, you got some, some contestants here. Love it. Recently, it was announced it's going to be Jennifer McClure Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Based off what I've told you in this conversation. <laughs> Riding horses, listening to BTS. Attempting to get tickets to a BTS concert. Riding horses to the BTS there, concert. There you go. There you go. Or my floor seat <laughs> on the front row. That's what we're doing. Everybody's going to BTS. Uh, we're going to sell it out. It's just my friends. <laughs> that would be fun. That yes, would be fun. All of you can laugh at me. Uh, their music fun. is catchy. It's very catchy. They're adorable. They're adorable. The pop music is, is popular for a reason. Well, finally, Jennifer, as you know, we are outsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? I've heard several of these questions that your guests ask, and a lot of them are unfair. So. <laughs> Now, I am giving a layup to your next guest. We often don't get enough opportunities to brag on our own accomplishments. So I'm going to say my question is, what are you most proud of in terms of your career accomplishments? Tell us. I like it. It's your opportunity to brag. 
Well, Jennifer, it is now in the book. It will be asked very, very soon. This is, to no surprise, a supersized episode. Yes. That was a super conversation. You, my friend, are also what the podcast Illuminati consider a power listener, which is what they Um, call me because of the, the volume of content that we take in. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for all of your support for us over the years. You have been so kind and giving of your time of just sharing what we do. You made introductions for us that you didn't have to do and you did. And it has led to some amazing relationships that we have with some very specific vendors. And we just appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. And as a fellow Blue Raider alum, you know, <laughs> Blue Raiders ride. So <laughs> I know most of our listeners are probably connected with you already, but if they're not best way for them to reach you podcast, anything and everything out there. Well, it sounds like there might be a little gap in your listening experience. So make sure that you've added um, Impact Makers with Jennifer McClure to your podcast listening experience. And JenniferMcClure.net is the website. And I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, If you put in Jennifer McClure, I'd better be first. (laughs) There are others, but I've worked really hard to try to be first. Well, we will have all that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there? Uh, Best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, continuing past the end of the podcast, you will continue to find me on Twitter as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to our friends at Mystery for sponsoring this entire month. Be sure to check out trymystery.com slash hrsocial. If you purchase one of their events, you get a second one free using that vanity tag. Vanity tag kids, we really appreciate them. <laughs> As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HR Social Hour Podcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow, and subscribe. Uh, if you're not subscribed, make sure that you do because you will get those final round of episodes as they are available. And you can go back and listen to a lot of previous content as well. Uh, international listeners, we're probably not going to be able to record with you, but we would still love to have conversations, yes. be it about BTS or podcasting, <laughs> whatever you have going on in the future of work where you are and what you're seeing, we'd love to have those conversations. So reach out and we'll talk. Jennifer, again, appreciate you being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.